0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. I've got Mark Immelman joining me uh, as always. And we've got special guest, Justin Ray. Justin, let's start with you. Uh, I heard... I've got a source that told me you uh, attempted to cut your hair the other day during quarantine. How did that go? Uh,
0: in a, in a world of awful haircuts, I now have the worst. Um, is
1: it, is was it better it, or worse than Tiger's?
0: Like I've got like a non-colored Joe exotic half mullet thing going. <laughs> I trim the sides to make myself more presentable when wearing a hat. And now I've got like, like a mohawk, and it kind of flaps in the breeze. I went for a jog yesterday. and We got, we got issues, and we need, we need barbers to come back. Um, when safe, obviously, but uh, that's the first place I'm going. I'm the first one in line the first morning it's legal to go get air. Hey, just is come it,
2: visit us in Georgia. We open for business, brother.
0: Is, is it, I might need to make a cross-country drive to rectify the situation because the damage I've done is, is, a, is a, almost irreparable. I just
2: let it be said, please, for open disclosure. With both of you guys and this cool hair that you have, whether you've cut it well or not, I'm very jealous, uh, given that mine is
1: diminishing atop top of my head. Well, you're, you've got the, the beard going right, Mark. You look very like you look like a sage. like you're like our golf sage right now. You look like a <laughs> Just My wife tells in. me
2: that the gray bit on my chin makes it sort of fade away. So I've got to either decide what I'm doing here.
0: It's a stark contrast for my King of the Trailer Park thing I've got going on with
1: myself. Was it? Was it a tribute to Mike Gundy, Jerry?
0: Possibly, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get into your hot water with with Oklahoma State Mike Gundy
1: comments. There you go. Okay. Well, we're having. Let's move on. uh if my if my if my Gundy ever visits Memphis then I'm just gonna be it's gonna be a catastrophe in my just shut it all down yeah uh we're having Justin Ray on because one he's awesome and he knows a ton about uh just the world of golf everything that uh is involved with golf at the professional level uh he's been doing the stats thing for what a decade now Justin uh yeah I joined
0: ESPN when I was uh I was a to enter college at Missouri in 2007. So, okay. Um, this is, I've watched far too many sports in my life.
1: <laughs> well, he's with 15th Club now. And, and one of the things I, I want to, before we get into some of the stuff that you've done for them uh, recently, that's at least public facing because they're, they're a great blog post recently. And every Monday, I, I, everybody should go read it. You've got a kind of a, a, a 10 notes deal that, usually pertains to what's going on in the world of golf recently it's been more historical and uh just some of the superlatives that you've picked up over the years but what what has been your role you've been with 15th club i am doing this off the top of my head year and a half two two, tiers something like that Um, what is okay what has been your role with them and and how has that kind of played out within that company
0: well, predominantly I've taken the lead in a lot of the stuff we do with media entities. Um, I work a lot with Sky Sports, which if you're an American sports fan like you might not be too familiar with them. They're, um, I would describe them most simply as like ESPN in the UK. Um, and they, so I work with their broadcast directly week in and week out a lot. Um, you know, We've got uh, a lot of different club manufacturers that we work with, um, other media entities and governing bodies too, and Um, Whereas for the beginning of my career, you know, I was with ESPN and then with Golf Channel and just specifically worked with them. Um, Now I'm kind of able to bounce around from place to place and, um, you know, represent the club uh, for for those different kind of media outlets. So in addition to the stuff kind of behind the scenes with, um, you know, working with club manufacturers uh, and helping them with their, um, you know, outward facing media and, and using stats to kind of tell stories about their players. Um, mostly I'm kind of doing the same stuff I did with, with golf channel, just with a bunch of different, um, my arms in a bunch of different places. So, um, like I was in the truck with Fox at the U S open last year, like I said, so, um, mostly that, and then the content stuff that I, uh, write and do podcasts like these and try to represent us kind of be a forward face uh, for the media side. And
2: just so you know, uh, you might not be on the course with me or in the tower with me ever, but uh, you're a source of great uh, information to yours truly and many other announcers around the place as well,
1: Indirect.
0: indirectly. Well, thank you. for That's very kind of you to say, Mark. Thank
1: you. Okay, Justin. So you, you recently wrote uh, about uh, the most untouchable re- records in golf. And uh, that's something that, uh, that I read recently. It was, it was super interesting. Uh, and I'm curious about, there's so many of these. There's so many different ways to look at some of this stuff. How do you get your arms wrapped around um, just even even paring that down to 50 or 10 or 5 or whatever? How, how do you go about doing that to, to start off before you even write the post that you wrote?
0: Yeah, I think the first step you need to do is define um, what is an untouchable record, right? So a lot of records in sports, um, you never really approach again, mainly because of the philosophy Towards the sport has changed. I think the example I use in the article is that there's more than a hundred pitchers in Major League history who made fifty-two or more starts in a season. They're all before 1900. Obviously, no one is going to ever do that again in baseball. So that's less of a, like, you know, an accomplishment by somebody that would ever want to be reached, and more of, you know, the philosophy of the sport changed. Um, there's a difference between that and maybe let's say. Um, Myron Nelson winning 18 times in 1945, you know, there's some top players in the world who don't even make 18 starts in a single season. Now, So yeah. um, those are things that are, you, you, you take the list of, of records and a lot of them, you know, I knew from just working in the industry for a long time. And um, But you comb through the record books and try to find some of the, try to find a few uh, more offbeat ones that people might not know. You know, everybody knows 18 majors, pretty much everyone knows 142 straight events without a Mr. Tiger. Um, but what were some of the a little bit more obscure ones that may not be reached either. So some of them, you know, were by Tigers. Some of them, you know, you think about it, they were by Jack Nicholas and aren't talked about nearly as much, but um, I think there's a difference there between something that's untouchable because the philosophy of the sport has completely changed and something that's truly an incredible achievement that um, it would take, you know, somebody with the talents of, you know, I'm going to say another Tiger, but somebody who's a transcendent talent,
1: to reach some of these marks in the record books. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I, I'm actually going to, so we're going to go through some of these, and I, I want to read, so there's, uh, I think, four or five honorable mention uh, achievements here that didn't make the, the kind of the final cut. I'm going to read those four or five, and I want to get Mark's take and your take of which one you think is the most unbreakable out of those honorable mentions. So we'll start with uh, Jen Young-Ko went 114 holes in a row without a bogey. That, that is me- freaking incredible, okay. That, it is that- incredible.
0: I will say one caveat with that. The LPGA has done a great job in the last four or five years of enhancing their record book. They can't tell you that that's the they, – they assume it's the longest streak, and they note it in their record books since 2001 or however far back their whole by hold data goes. But um, they've done a great job last years of trying to enhance their ability to tell their history really accurately. They just don't necessarily know that that's the all-time record.
1: Uh, a nerd so,
0: caveat there. I apologize. That's
1: <laughs> no, great. So, Tiger went 110, Jen Young Ko went 114. The next one is Phil, and this recently ended 26 years in a row inside the world top 50, which is stupid. It's just <laughs> insane. No, say, use the uh, word sick. Go on, it's it's so sick. It's so uh, sick. It's so sick. Okay, number three, Anika, Anika Sorenstam, the only LPGA Tour player with a sub 60 round. And there's sort of a, a subcategory here. She went 14 rounds. She, she scored in the 60s, in the 60s, 14 rounds in a row. Sick. And neither, <laughs> That is sick. Not, neither one of those has been uh, really approached significantly. And then, uh, then the last one is Vijay Singh 22 victories after turning 40. That's five more. Sam Snead had 17 after the age of 40. So, which out of those, I guess, four or five mark do you feel like is the most untouchable?
2: Well, the truth of it is I'm sort of flabbergasted that these are honorable mentions. I mean, all of these feats by themselves are bordering on untouchable. I mean, and, and to use that term untouchable, whether it happened in 1920 or 2020, it's if I define the word untouchable, is, is it going to be achieved again? And I got to tell you, 114 bogey-free holes in a row that is unbelievable if, if especially if you look at the way golf courses are set up um, the way the style of play players changed you know there's more aggression uh, there, there's just different decision-making so that one jumps out at me I love the consistency of Phil inside the top 50 for 26 years I mean that is just that is nuts Annika is in a class of her own uh, and and then I also love the consistency of Vijay being around, because what one has to do to remain healthy for one, fit for another, and relevant, past you know for a long time certainly, and then past the age of forty is is is, is incomprehensible to most folks. They hear okay, VJ Singh winning, you know, when you start winning consistently after the age of forty, and that's basically what he did. That speaks to so many other factors. So. If I had to get a separator here, I'm really struggling. But 22 wins above the age of 40, because there's a natural drop-off, obviously. Father time is unbeaten. I mean, that one, to me, jumps out.
0: Yeah. the VJ basically had Dustin Johnson's career after he turned 40 years old. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, that's insane. That's a crazy thing to think about. I kind of had to go in kind of inverse order. What's the – what takes – what's the – most unlikely to least unlikely that you could see it happening. Um, it just kind of flip that upside down and try to do the process of elimination. So um, you could see a player on the LPGA going nuts and breaking 60 again at some point. Yeah. Incredible yeah. achievement. There's a reason why it hasn't happened. But that and then 14 straight rounds in the 60s, you were saying it hasn't been approached then, really approached since then. Since she did that back in 2005, no players even had 10 in a row. So yeah. that Something that hasn't been done plus another tournament—that's so tough to reach—but it's a short burst of time, and you could see a player like like Arya and went nuts for like four straight weeks a few years ago. You could see something like that happening. Um, there's been so many advances, and I, I don't know if anyone's going to win 20, more, 22 times again after stream 40. But players are—it's now, now more likely, I'd say, than it was 30, 40, 50 years ago, right? Where. Um, technology and knowing about the body and players more committed to their fitness and training. And I guess you can maybe see that that's a little more likely to happen now than in the past, but two and a half decades inside the top 50 and never, you know, I don't know, busting your knee and missing six months and dropping out of the top 50 or, um, you know, just having a bad stretch where you can't find your swing for 18 months or whatever it might be. That's, that's crazy to think that for two and a half straight decades, you're among the best players in the world. That's like, Rory, we need to do that until what, like 2040? <laughs> that's really what we're talking about. Like, and you think about 2040, it, it's it like a real year. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a thing. It's but bigger. that's kind of what you're looking at. So, was, those who missed the cut, I guess I would say Phil, for 26 straight years, being in the top 50 of my
2: yeah, it's it's such a, it's such a hard question. Carl, where where do you slide on this one?
1: I uh, I think for me it's either Phil or or Vijay. I think it's VJ though. And 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 the reason,
2: hey, someone note the time. This is the first time that you and
1: I have agreed in like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, we just dis- we even disagree, J. Ray, on the f- he-, he likes the Falcons' new uniforms, which is just flabbergasting. I don't understand like Oh I what-
0: like the uh, I like the seventies, eighties Falcons more. The
1: simple black letters. Yeah. yeah. The, with the, black. Straight the, down. the
2: home kit is all black. Now please we digress. Kyle, get <laughs> yeah, back we, we, to your job. We are
1: we do digress. Uh it's VJ for me, and 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 here's the reason. Uh J. Ray said, Dustin Johnson's career after the age of 40. And, and while I, I do think players over the age of 40, there's going to be a longer runway, there's also going to be more, and we're seeing this right now, there's going to be more younger guys that are better. And I mm-hmm. don't think that that is going anywhere. And so to win 22 times in your 40s, I, that, that, seems not, that seems incomprehensible to me. Well, yes, the thing, yeah. okay. I'm... I...
2: I'm related to a golfer who is, I think it's 11 global wins. And I've seen firsthand what it takes to pull that off. 22 wins in your career. That is insanity. If you he, offer that. He's 40, anybody, right? Isn't Trevor right 40?
1: Tra- Trevor's your brother's 40. Yeah. So can you imagine him winning 22 times at starting today? <laughs> That's a bad question. I plead the fifth. But but, serious, yeah. but 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 that's sort of the point is is he's this world class golfer he wins the masters he does all this stuff and and, you, and and so the 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 money being in golf the amount of money that's in it does two things it de-incentivizes you as you get older uh, but it but it incentivizes you the younger you are and so it draws in more younger great mm-hmm. players and then i think it 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 sort of draws out at least in terms of it, uh, your your desire, your drive, your ambition as you get older, so I just think winning twenty two times at that age, unless you're just somebody who's who's, I mean, somebody like Justin Thomas, I guess maybe you could see that because I don't, I think he's just like driven beyond belief, like to win golf tournaments, um, you know, in the same way that, that Tiger is. But I, I don't know, I just don't see that. Happening. I think
0: a perfect name for your example that you're talking about. Davis Love III has 21 PGA Tour wins, right? That's a guy who made a ton of money, was super successful, world-class player for a long time, Hall of Fame. He still had – that's one fewer than Vijay had after turning 40. Yeah, that,
2: that's, so, that's such a great point, point. And, and, and I would want to – I'd want to proffer this. Let's say someone sitting on the 10 number. What's Bryson had right now, okay? If, if you had to say to him, okay, Bryson, 22 wins in your career, and I give you that now, do you stop playing? you know what if there was a major or two sprinkled in there a few guys would be like fine
1: how many of them are going to be uh, streamed on twitch is the is the real answer to that question <laughs> get with us i guess i swallowed some coffee i can't breathe right now <laughs> I need um, okay I, I, I don't know let's yeah let's move on uh let's get to one hey, that should make justin's list i know i'm i'm just he I'm says rattled. it's coffee
2: in that mug it's always a mug i i i, I but,
1: need i need proof of this coffee speaking now there's what do, you, what do you think i'm drinking it's 11:20 in the morning uh hey, quarantine speaking,
0: time baby clocks are relevant it's like being <laughs> in you know.
1: the <laughs> speaking of phil i turned on i was getting this haircut the other day mark and i turned on the final round of the 2010 masters because my kids hadn't seen it they were kind of intrigued really i watched it for Oh yeah, for sure. I watched it for an hour and a half. Phil hit zero fairways. <laughs> and and he went on to win by like three or four, yeah. I think. I, I it was I mean, I was there. I don't I don't recollect every hole. He was he was not even on the planet. Hit it and into a
0: tent, save par win. There you go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was unreal. Anyway, uh Speaking of somebody else that won the Masters, Byron Nelson, 1945. Byron Nelson wins 11 times in a row in 1945. And I think maybe the more impressive part, J. Ray, is he wins in nine consecutive weeks. So for two months and then another week, the only winner on, on the PGA Tour is Byron Nelson. He won 18 times that year. Um, how, Mar- I, let's start with Mark. What did should- do? How, how how do you how do you even describe this? What, how, what is what you look at this and what are you thinking?
2: I'm at a loss for words. My issue with this, uh, you know, I'm that, guy that sort of reads between the lines a little bit. I'm still flabbergasted that people would take issue with this and say, well, it happened during the World War II era, and a number of guys were deployed away, and so the the, the fields were diminished. I mean, have these individuals ever played in golf tournaments? Do they know what goes into winning (laughs) an event? I mean, you have got me onto my soapbox now, right? Because folks that are doing this, it reminds me of that quote, you know, it's easy to sit in the stands and critique the person on the field where, you know, the person on the field is the real warrior. One win is fantastic. Two in a row is, my goodness, there are golfers on the PGA Tour right now that would give a lot of stuff to win two in a row. 11 in a row, I don't care what the fields were, where they were playing, how many holes it was. That is super human. Case closed.
0: Here are some players with 11 wins in their PGA Tour career. Go, boy. Kane Stewart, Jordan Spieth, Miller Barber, John Cook, Kyle Guyberger. Those are, that's what he won in a row. That's oh, legends. Kane Stewart's career in a row.
1: Mm-hmm. That's sick.
0: Rory McIlroy has 18 PGA Tour wins. Byron Nelson won 18 times in the season. Ah! Yeah. Drop the mic. Yeah, <laughs> That's a good one. <clears throat> that's good. It's crazy. Now, the, it I think it is a valid point about, I know what you're saying, it's really hard to win any golf tournament. It was in a, a, the fields weren't as strong. I think that's, a, I mean, that has to be the case if you're going to do something that's this unbelievable. But even that being said, no one has ever. Tiger's most consecutive weeks with a win is three. All that.
2: Yes, the thing, Kyle.
0: You know, it's 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 so hard to conceive anyone coming close to that.
2: Yeah, yes, the thing. Uh, you you know, golf to me is the ultimate in mercurial sports. You know, anything can go wrong, and and you the golfer can go wrong. You know, this is beating your contemporaries. I've seen so many golfers firsthand beat themselves coming down the stretch when you're considering what you might achieve. Can you imagine the mindset of Lord Byron when he's got six going on and he's like, well, next week it would be seven. And <laughs> imagine getting into your own head. Uh, it, 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 my mind
0: boggles.
1: Were there, any, were there any majors in the middle of this streak, Jerry?
0: Um, I don't have that offhand. I think there was, though do
1: you think uh Mart do you think byron nelson was concerned about his strokes gain uh t green <laughs> no <laughs> well he would have he would have he
2: would have led the pga tour for strokes gained off the tee certainly they don't build a golf club testing machine and name it after an individual if he's not accurate and highly reliable off the tee okay so i'm, I'm convinced the PGA championship one, okay? was
0: part of this by the way Sorry. okay
1: okay i'm i'm convinced um, okay. for your sake, kali was leading strokes gained off the tee he was leading a lot of things that year we got we got to start moving through these because we've got we got we say tiger for the end and we could do like an hour on that okay Next one up is uh, Horton Smith. He won 14 times before the age of 23. Just for context, Tiger won six, and Jordan Spieth won uh, five before the age of 23. And then yeah. on the on the women's side, Lydia Ko ten times uh, by the time she was 18 years and six months, she had That's ten career wins. That is we, I guess, I guess for you guys, Mark, real quick. Which one of those Horton Smith or Lydia Coe is more impressive 14 before 23 on the men's side or 10 by the age of 18 and a half on the women's side. I'm torn. I think I
2: might go with Lydia, uh, but I just want to say this. All the virtuosos I've watched and been encountered, uh, have encountered burnout becomes a thing. Horton Smith, 23 wins before 23. I think what that was the number, right? 14
0: wins. 14, <laughs> 14, 14.
2: wins. Pardon me. He won the Masters twice, we know that. He played golf until 1963. He turned pro in 1926. That's what blows my mind. Not just the number of wins at such a tender age. How long he did this for and burnout yeah. never became a thing.
1: Yeah, I wonder I, I love um I love J. Ray's stuff where he does so-and-so played with this person and they also played with this person so you could have a, you could have had a scenario in which jack nicholas played with uh i don't know if this actually happened but jack nicholas played with horton smith in the early 60s and then he played with you know uh, mm-hmm. uh ricky F- not ricky fowler uh D- <clears throat> dj tiger for sure but somebody maybe even like an adam scott in the early 2000s yeah
2: um
1: which is just you're you're almost spanning uh, an entire century uh J. Ray, which one's more impressive, Horton Smith or Lydia Ko? So, you,
0: I'll give you some context comparing the men's and women's game. The LPGA has 41 wins all time by teenagers. The PGA Tour has five since 1900 and one since the LPGA existed. So, that's how much more frequently, I mean, I think you, you think a little bit about women's tennis as well, where um, yeah. a lot, I mean, players like athletically mature a little bit younger and they're able to compete at a higher level at a younger age. Um, still, to win that many times at that young is just staggering. Almost impossible thing. So i doing it again, but I think that's more realistic than, I mean, if if Tiger, who would turn pro at, what, 20 years old, and um, he didn't get to half of the total of uh, that Horton Smith did before that birthday. Um, Tiger really took off into the stratosphere like right around when he turned 23, 24, completely the Grand Slam at 24. Um, but I would say the Horton Smith one's least less likely to be caught, but they're equally as impressive.
2: I want to add this real fast, Carl. I've got a 12-year-old daughter who's got a bit of the Immelman golf gene thing going on. She's 12. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully
1: Trevor's and not yours. Uh,
2: okay. oh, I'll, I'll let that one slide. I, 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 I couldn't fathom her winning 10 times at any level by the time she arrives in college. Lydia's in done the next, that. In
1: the next six years. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm I'm sorry for that comment. That was uncalled for. I love you still. Yeah. Uh. You. Uh, by the way, that what you just said, Jerry, reminded me of like we do this thing. I think in women's sports where it's like, oh, so and so is 24. She's on the backside of her career. I'm like, wow. I was like <laughs> getting a job at the
0: age of 24. <laughs> I did a shift at Footlocker at 23. You know, I was you know still in college. Mm. <laughs> 24 uh, like yeah you're barely you're, you're, you're a kid
1: yeah it's it's pretty Whoa, funny what? How, uh, you, how old
0: is lydia now like 22
1: yeah i mean that's, that's the thing we think of it's crazy I think of, in my head michelle we is like 43 she's really Joe like, 23. Is
0: like 23 he just got picked in the nfl draft his whole life's ahead of him Lydia
1: Cove, yeah. of your career. you're 22 yeah totally um okay let's Uh, we're going to skip a couple here because we're running short on time. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Let's hear a word from our sponsors. We'll come back. We'll talk about Jack Nicholas. We'll talk about Tiger Woods and then we will uh, wrap things up.
0: Sonic the Hedgehog: A new hero arrives.
1: I am ready.
0: Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles now streaming only on Paramount Plus.
1: Yes. Okay, we're back. Uh, we're getting into the uh, the Jack Nicholas Tiger Woods portion of the podcast, which I know people are very excited about. Um, I think that. Okay, let's see here. I think the, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do the Nicholas stuff first. I think, I think one of my favorite stats ever – tell me if I'm getting this wrong. But 19 – so obviously he's won 18 majors, which, by the way, if you go back and watch some of his um, – I think I he was the 86 Masters. The, the reference is still as like, what, 20 majors or 21? Yeah, yeah 20. kind of USM. Am- because of the US Amateur stuff. Uh-huh. And it's just funny, like how like we kind of massage the record books to be what we wanted them to be at whatever moment in time it is. Um, but this is one of my favorites. And I think I think people, I think most people realize this now, but for a while I'm not positive people did. 19 runners up for Jack Nicholas uh in uh in major championships. And to me, that's almost crazier than the eight, I mean, 37 firsts and seconds in major championships one of my favorite things to do mark is to get on jack's uh wikipedia page and if you have a top 10 in a major it's yellow a win Mm -hmm. is a green and the entire 1970s i think except for four squares are yellow or green and uh i don't know what 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 do you have to say about 37 wins and runners up
2: well, I'm just impressed you used the term runners up and not runner-ups. So you've gone up in my estimations there. I'm I'm cultured. <laughs> I see this. Um, no, Nicholas stands alone, and I know the Twitter hate is going to spew now. Um the the 18 <laughs> wins is off the chain. Uh, the 19 runners up is fantastic. Add to that 73 top tens. <laughs> That's just stupid. And then 56 top fives. It it, it is. Just ridiculous.
0: And yeah, so Jack's 73 top tens. Ben Hogan and Walter Hagen combined have 73.
2: That says that's that says two awesome. of the
0: five best players in the history of the sport that's equal to how many top tens Jack had.
1: Where, where do you, Jerry, where do you stand on the argument? Yeah, I know we talked about it with Byron Nelson, but I think I think golf in 1945 was very different than in 1975. Where do you stand mm-hmm. on the look, Nicholas didn't face the competition to the bottom of the field that, that somebody like Tiger has. Now, at the top, I think it was super competitive, and I think everybody agrees on that. But just the strength of field, so some of the top 10 stuff, some of the, the runner-up stuff, how, how, does, how does that sit with you? So I've, I've, I'll, use, I'll explain with an anecdote. I've done a lot of work
0: um, looking at, uh, years ago I did strokes gained against the field all the time at the Masters. And I've done the same now with the U.S. Open. Um, and the disparity between the top and the bottom of the field, it's basically a straight line towards bigger disparity as from like the 1890s, and it shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, and it's at the smallest point now between the very top and the very bottom of the field. So that speaks to stronger depth throughout. And I just think yeah. there's empirical evidence that says, yes, that the field is deeper top to bottom. Yeah. Now, anecdotally, like you said, I think the top, Jack had more notable rivals, probably, probably, undoubtedly, at the top of his game. He had more guys, you know, Palmer, Watson, et cetera, who were, you know, unquestionably right there, neck and neck with him. Tiger didn't necessarily have that, but I think the depth top to bottom, the data would tell you that, yes, the fields were stronger. You know, Jack faced stronger fields top to bottom than Hogan. Woods faced fields top to bottom stronger than Jack.
2: Hey, I want to add this. Uh, remember Brooks Koepka's statement at one of the recent majors, where he basically broke down the field and ended up with about six guys he needed to beat, or whatever the number was. But, yeah. uh, there you have it. Uh, yeah. I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let that simmer.
0: Players of that I, caliber certainly look at the field a little bit differently. Yeah, got to think that.
2: Yes, what I know, and and this is the golf coach, player, whatever I am, setting in. The the field you enter is the field you have to beat. And yeah, if you're playing now in the, in the 2020s, there's a whole lot more money. Uh, there's a whole lot more prestige and all this sort of stuff going on. Yeah, you've got to beat 156 guys. You know, back in the day, and there were fields that weren't as deep, you know, and I use that term loosely because I don't go with this argument. You've got to beat who you play against, and that's been done.
0: Well, you guys, agree guys, aren't, guys aren't carpooling across the country anymore in a Chevelle. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I, you, it's I very like, different. It's all different. And that's, that's uh, really the of the records is that you generate this discussion and this debate. There's no perfect answer. You know, it's just, it's fun to talk about.
2: Well, that's the thing. You know, we'll, we'll get the Jordan Spieth reference with uh, Kyle. You'll get the Bob Jones reference with me. I mean, in his Grand Slam year, he won the four biggest events, the four major championships. People will poo-poo that. But he took a steamboat over the Atlantic to go and play two of them then came back, then was in a train back and forth, and beat the fields he played against.
1: Uh, Jordan Speed is a lot better at golf than Bobby Jones.
2: <laughs> you,
1: I need to check what's in your cup. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, he just is. It, it's, <laughs> by, by, well, hey, I won't uh, get into it. When Jordan Speed
2: comes up with a golf course like Augusta National and a tournament like The Masters,
1: I'll let you have that one. Great. But that says nothing about it. We don't need, we don't need to do this. I, don't, I can't do this right now. Uh, he helped design a nine-hole course
0: off the UT campus here in Austin. <laughs> That's close, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Nicholas thing did – this is where – this is the point that I was trying to make earlier. 1960 U.S. Open. Jack Nicholas finished top ten uh, in a major for the first time. Ben Hogan finished tied for ninth that week. At the 98 Masters, Nicholas finished in the top 10 in a major for the final time. That week, Tiger finished uh, tied for 8th. And Jack beat him that year, actually, in 1998, the year after Tiger won the Masters. That's a that's a J-Ray special right there. That is um, – I, I love that stat. There's a By the way, I don't know if you guys have read it, but there's a great Rick Riley article in 1998 in the SI Vault talking about Nicholas – uh, he was like 56, I think. And he, I think he shot like a, th- I want to say 32, 33 on the front on Sunday on the first nine. And you're like, Oh my gosh, is this going to happen again? 12 years after he wins it. Um, so anyway, that, that reminded me of that. And how do you, how do you come up with stuff like that?
2: j Ray? That's what I was thinking. I mean, the, 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 I love the way your mind works, man.
0: That's kind of you to say, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time and, I don't know, it's just a way that I think about um, sports, not just golf, but trying to tie things together. And um, my philosophy usually is if you just keep digging and never stop, like you're gonna throw out a lot of stuff along the way, but eventually you're gonna get to the diamond.
2: So have you found the end of the internet just yet? Because I'm new to it, (laughs) according to Kyle.
0: I'll get there eventually, I'm sure.
1: All right, cool. Okay. We have gotten to the end of our podcast and it's tiger time. So I, I don't know, I think I wanna do this the way that we did the honorable mention stuff and that's to read, uh, there's like six of them here and, and you wrote about all six. Uh, and I'm gonna read each one of them and then I wanna get Mark's take and then, and then your take, J. Ray, about um, just what what the most unbreakable one. So let's start with this, 142 consecutive cuts made 1998 to 2005. Friend of the pod, Colin Markawa is um, has twenty. He's the active leader.
0: He's the active leader.
2: Yeah, he right yeah, and by the way, he'd take twenty two wins right now, huh?
1: if you. Twenty two, twenty two wins. Yeah, he would. Bet oh, you. I th- Well, he'd probably take twenty two straight made cuts also because he's at twenty one. <laughs> so, uh, number two, six hundred eighty three weeks as the world number one. The entire continent of Europe has four hundred and eleven. That's a great stat uh 15 shot victory at the 2000 US Open. He's the only player to win any of the four majors by 10 shots or more and he's done it twice. He did it at the 97 Masters and the 2000 US Open. And th- is that since World War II, J. Ray? That's since 1900. 1900, okay. Uh Mark Brody came up with this one. This is a great one. He beat the he he, he had positive strokes gained against the field. There <laughs> we go. 80 89 consecutive rounds so the second longest street excuse me the second longest streak over the last 40 years is is 33 rounds in a row which to me 33 rounds in a row of beating the field at the at the at, at the level that golf has played now is crazy to do it 89 times in a row that's that's silly um 37 straight this is number five 37 straight victories after holding a 54 hole lead that <laughs> one's stupid also and then the one that you ended your article with which was kind of a walk-off was holding all four majors at the same time and if you want to throw the players in there he held all five at the same time so mark we'll start with you most un, most untouchable out of those the one that that you think a hundred years from now if people are still podcasting they'll still be talking about
2: well Bob Jones does have all four majors at the same time in the
1: same kid, calendar. kid. I always
0: couch it as professional majors whenever we have the conversation
2: hey, thank you
0: throw that one magic word in there because I don't want to disrespect Bob Jones.
2: thank you thank you very much I appreciate you I respect you for that observation look Kyle asking a fan of golf to separate these things is unfair I think it's impossible I really I really think it's impossible but, but there's one that jumps out at me and you know I'm about wins and I'm about the, the, you know everything that's involved with winning. So all of the victories and the, the beating fields by what he's been beating them by is, is unheard of and I don't think it'll ever be done. But 142 cuts in a row, that is off the charts and you ask any, any PGA Tour professional, they'll reference that. But 683 weeks as the best, recognized as the best golfer in the world, how many years is that?
0: That is. Uh, that so is- I ran the numbers, and Rory would keep it. If Rory kept number one from whenever the world rankings start again, when golf comes back, until two thousand thirty-one, he's not past Tiger.
2: Case closed. I go with the second, six
0: hundred eighty-three. He's a. He's about a decade shy.
1: That's crazy.
2: That's mine, Cole.
0: Uh, well, Jerry, Jared- the the cut streak. So. Morikawa is at 21 in a row. He's the longest active on the PGA Tour right now. He will keep that going until roughly October of
1: 2026. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that, that one's crazy because two things, one players are just conditioned to be all or nothing more so now yeah. than, than mm-hmm. I think they would ever have been. Um, so yeah, I, I just I, I think that one is difficult. I forgot what my second point was, but that's that's the primary one.
2: <laughs> well, you overcome by We're going the- back <laughs> to that mug <laughs> again.
0: You're forgetting but, points now.
2: Well, we, well, yes. What I want to add real fast, and, and I love the way Justin packages this stuff because anyone listening to this, if you just think for a second when you compare this to Rory's got to be number one until, your mind boggles, and and, and that, and and I hope through all of this that people will look at these heroes, that fans will look at these heroes differently and understand this is so difficult to achieve. And we really have been fortunate to be, you know, first-hand viewers of what Tiger did through his career.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think, so I I have a Tiger take that's, um, I probably don't want to go down this road, but I'm going to anyway. I think that some of his achievements were done at a time where we, I think we sort of, Overrate how good golf was when he was kind of entering into it. We think of golf now, and I mean, Jerry has the stats to back this up, and I always go back to the financial boon that Tiger created by what he's done. you You look at any industry this is a corner that I've been on for five years. You look at any industry, and the more money you put into it, the more competitive it's going to get. And Tiger did that. And so I think we look back, like you look back at some of the leaderboards in 99, 2000, 2001, and there's some good names on there. There's the Ernie's, the Phil's, et cetera. But you fill Those out the top names, 10, by the way. For sure, for sure. But you fill out the top 10, the top 15, the top 20, and you're like, ah, that's just not the caliber of player that we're seeing now in the top 10, 15, 20. And so I think, I guess my point is, I think, some, I think a lot of these records might stand forever as long as golf exists at the same um, uh, financial uh, level that it's at right now because it's going to it's just going to continue to be super competitive golf will get
2: stronger look at the proliferation of the game uh, golfers from Korea China all over the globe i'm i'm, I'm not emblematic of like south african golf pe- people are showing up from all corners of the globe and the pga tour is the ultimate destination these records, because uh, things are going to get stronger, I just don't see them going anywhere.
0: When Tiger turned pro, the career leader in earnings of the PGA Tour yeah. it was Greg Norman, and it was under $10 million. The FedEx cut won yeah. $15 million last year. I mean, that's yeah. there
2: he goes again.
0: Rapid economic inflation to correspond with what Tiger's done, but a lot of it is credited to him and a lot of tour players. Yeah. I was sitting next to Charles Howell on a plane once, um, and <laughs> We mostly talked about the NBA, but then uh, I asked him about. I, I made a joke about hey, when I worked at Golf Channel, if Tiger Woods was in contention, like, and if he won, you know, you would hear like a cheer in the, from some corners of the newsroom, like, yeah. And Charles goes, yeah, other players feel that way too, because it's good for us. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I was re- it was a really funny moment out of him. Hey, the broadcast. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree. I think the it's just the same way. stronger.
1: the the Rogers are the same way (laughs) Jerry if you have to pick one of these what are you picking
0: um I'm gonna have to go with the the straight events without a a miscut um the other one too is the Grand Slam at 24
1: I mean Mm.
0: I don't. I mean I can't even wrap my brain around somebody doing that like it's difficult to win four PGA Tour events before you turn 25 so to complete the Grand Slam at that age is is pretty inconceivable, too.
2: Well, one, do this for us, then. Because have,
0: one bad week, one bad week, you know, like one, really one bad, like, six-hole stretch, and your your cut streak's going to end, and he didn't have
2: that. Okay, quickly, just to put into context, because you do this so well, you talk about the Grand Slam. How many guys have won the career Grand Slam? Was it like nine? Five. Five, five, five yeah, five. Forgive me. I mean, over, I'm overestimating you. Have five guys to win the career Grand Slam.
1: Yeah.
0: He did it before he could legally rent a car.
1: <laughs> and then he did it, what, two more times?
0: Yeah, him and Jack have both done it three times.
1: Yeah, that's, that's silly. I think for me it's um, – I, I think it's the, the holding all five of the uh, – I mean, the four majors and also the players. I mean, are you kidding me? That's not going to happen again.
2: Uh, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, don't you think?
1: I mean, think of <laughs> – I think <laughs> yeah. sneak in. <laughs> think about think about the last time this was like even conceivable is when here we go Mark I didn't even mean to do this but uh Speeth taking it to the 70 <laughs> taking it to the 70 Well I th- this is what it is I don't know what to tell you he's historically great at age 23 um Speeth taking it to the 71st hole at St. Andrews and then he finished what second that year at uh, at Whistling Straits to Jason Day but he didn't I think he I don't know. I don't know what he did in the players that year. I think he missed, he doesn't play well at Sawgrass. I think he might've missed the cut even.
2: Justin, um, can you imagine what Kyle Porter would be like if Jordan Spieth had graduated from
1: Oklahoma State University? He almost went there. He almost. It was was between Texas and Oklahoma State. He should have got, he would be our our greatest ambassador. It'd be amazing. Um, You're the greatest ambassador. Yeah, some might say Ricky (laughs) Fowler is, but... I think holding all five of those events at the same time is just – that's inconceivable to me in this era. I mean, even somebody like a Rory or a Rom or a JT, like those are the top three guys in the world right now. They're going to win all five of those things in in these fields? So to put it in
0: perspective, a couple years ago when Webb Simpson won the Players' Championship, it was the first time – so at that point, American players held all four major championships. Yeah. The time that had happened 17 years ago when Tiger held all of them.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four <laughs> majors and the
0: players at the same yeah, time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah whole, that's right. It was basically Tiger 17 years later and then five different dudes.
1: Yeah. That I mean that it, it that's the perfect context for it because it's that it's that ridiculous. Okay, that's all we got. J. Ray, thanks for your time, man. Uh, it was a blast as always. Real quick, if the NBA playoffs are played in closed gyms, high school gyms, does that benefit your Houston Rockets or is that a deterrent to them winning at all?
0: Um, I have no idea, man. I think we could, we could cause some damage if we get hot, but I don't know about the small ball thing. It started to unravel right before the hiatus hit, so
1: um,
0: hopes are high, but Maybe if we get hot and hit a zillion threes, we could make some noise. But I don't know, man. We'll see.
1: Do we still call it Clutch City?
0: I do, in my heart. <laughs> like 28 straight missed threes in game seven against the Warriors a few years ago. Might erase that. I, so I remember. Like, some might call it camera and garbage can city now. But, you know, we. I, I'll remember the good old days fondly. <laughs>
1: I remember yes. going to uh, Sam's Sam's Club as a like 13 year old with my parents, and they bought me the uh, the VHS of the of the back to back titles, and it had, it was like two hours of just, you know, Mario Ellie and and uh, Clyde Sam Drexler, Giselle. Sam Cassell. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, Ot- was Otis Thorpe. I think was on those two. Otis days? Thorpe was on the first one, and then he was part of the Drexler
0: trade the following season
1: vernon vernon maxwell vernon maxwell was crazy, crazy person
0: he's yeah. insane, mad he's a he's a lunatic and he still is on twitter agitating utah jazz fans which <laughs> brings me just infinite joy They're uh, the that's, most despised sports franchise of all time jazz. that's
1: that's incredible uh okay thanks for your time again i uh, really appreciate it we had a blast with this we've got For everybody listening, we've got a listener mailbag uh, coming up later on this week. If you leave a review in Apple Podcasts, you can just write your question in there. We will take it. Mark and I will be back, I believe, with Rick later on in the week. It might be the whole crew, actually. Um, So, yeah, we'll have fun with that, and we will catch you guys later on.